0: Made away with a hand in his face in the air for the win! Yes sir! Darn it! Gets Minnesota the win at Cargilluson! Towns rebound, budget it fly! And Carl Anthony Towns drills it! At the buzzer! A catastrophic finish for the Grizzlies! Welcome to the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. Your home for the best Wolves talk around. Wiggins spots up there, 3's got it! He scores it at the buzzer to give the Timberwolves the victory. Welcome in to another episode of the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. My name is Gabe Anderson and I am joined by, as always, by Chris Emerson. Chris, how you doing? No, about as good
1: as a Wolves fan could
0: be doing. Right, that's that's a good point. That's a point. It's a, it's a thing I feel like we say every week, but it gets truer and truer every week. And we're also joined by Jared Good. Jared, how's it going?
2: I'm doing well. Uh, like like Chris says, as a as a Wolves can't, fan can be right now. Like it's been rough sledding, but I'm I'm doing well, and I got some I got some talking points.
0: Okay, good, good. Because we definitely have a lot to talk about. The Wolves week in general, not good. Definitely not good. Uh, and we'll talk about that. But what we got to start with, yes, by the way, we're recording this on Friday night. So the Wolves just got shellacked by Trey Young and the Hawks. We'll talk about that a little later. But what we got to start talking about is the, the absolute collapse of against the uh, against the Orlando Magic when you think you finally have something going you have a 19 point lead and you lead by double digits in the fourth quarter and then it all gets away from you and we got, and let's start with talking about the final sequence. So if you don't know, which you probably do, Aaron Gordon misses the three, uh, the wolves get the rebound, get the ball to Vanderbilt for some reason. I don't know whose thought process that was to pass the ball to Vanderbilt, but they get it to Vanderbilt. He misses two free throws up the court. Cole Anthony puts a dagger in our hearts. So let's start with you, Jared. Who is more to blame? Ryan Saunders for his handling of the end of the game or Vanderbilt for missing the free throws or is it a mix of both?
2: Yeah. So it's absolutely a mix of both. And and as a, as a, as a somebody that played the game and also coached the game, uh, it's really frustrating to see something like that happen. Like when, when we get that rebound, there needs to be a timeout called, you can't have a 47% free throw shooter on the court in that situation without getting him subbed out. And, and that's on Saunders. Um and now if we're going to flip it to uh Vanderbilt, I mean I mean Shaq shot a little bit better than that, I think. Yeah, exactly. From the line and and you got to make one. You got to at least make one.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And one, also one thing I want to mention about Vanderbilt, his form and, and I was talking to my dad about this. He, he's got a weird side rotation on his shot that just does not look good from the free throw line. It, it's, it's just not good. So uh, uh, Chris, what do you think? Who do you blame for the loss? Is it Saunders? Is it Vanderbilt? And what, what, what are the factors that went into it?
1: I mean, if we want to go down to like the last 50 seconds, um, I mean, there's a lot of people to blame if we want to put there, I mean, Beasley was one guy. Um, when they were shooting the free throw, uh, I heard a report, and I didn't see it as much on the, on the telecast, but Beasley was all the way down under our hoop, um, and Saunders was screaming at him to get up and man up with, uh, with Cole Anthony. And then Vanderpool was yelling at him, get up there, get up there. He, I don't know if he was waiting, playing free safety under the hoop, trying to, I don't know what his plan was, but then he like nonchalantly jogged up, And when when, uh, Vanderbilt missed that free throw, you know, Cole Anthony's off to the races. Uh, Beasley was running one way, Anthony the other. So he didn't, I mean, it was just, that was ugly. But I mean, the whole fourth quarter was, the whole second half was bad. Like it's one of those things where it's easy to put it on one guy because that's what happened right at the very last minute. But when you got a $30 million max player that scores four points in the second half, I mean, come on, man. Like, I can't put it on a a guy making his third start, you know, who's a known non-shooter. Like, yeah, he's not going to make those shots. That's I could have told you that. He might have made one, maybe best-case scenario, but he's not a shooter. That's not his role. Um, D'Lo got shut down. Um, Our whole team got shut down. Like, it was just an all-around bad, bad half.
0: Yeah, I I agree, but yeah, when it comes down to it, though, an NBA player has to make at least one free throw. Like like your job yeah. your job is to play basketball and and make shots and 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 put the ball in the basket at its core. And it's just the fact that you can't do that. But I'm also not putting Saunders off the hook because. You got to call a timeout right away. You got to get Vanderbilt off the floor. There's no reason that you need him on the floor in that situation. Even even on the defensive side, maybe call a timeout before that, get him out of there cuz you should see what's happening before and be like, "Hey, maybe we lose some depth inside, but you can't you can't have him out there. It's it's absolutely unexcusable. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember who was the guy that passed him the ball?
1: He got the rebound.
0: Oh, he did. Oh, he did get the rebound. Okay, I thought someone passed him the ball.
1: He was completely out of position, mind you, and the rebound came to him. But that's a whole nother story. They both, him and Nas, both dove at the roll man and left Gordon completely wide open because yeah. they misread the D. But that's another story.
2: And so we, before we move on to a new topic, I just wanted to chime in real quick. So we were, like Chris was saying, we were up twenty at the half, I believe. And I remember looking at my. I remember I was actually at work at the, at this time, but I remember looking up and seeing that we were up 10 with like two minutes and 34 seconds. And I'm thinking to myself, there's a 24 second shot clock and we're going to possess the ball four times at least before they get a chance to gain on our ground. Now four times 24, if you use the clock to your advantage, you're looking at around two minutes. So you're already in a free throw situation, a free throw battle, if you use the clock to your advantage. And this is, you know, like I I was, I coached uh, at many different levels um, before I had kids, but that, that's one of those things that like, you look back at and you say, why are we not using the clock in that situation? And it brings me up to something that I'm sure we'll talk about later, but like we just fall in love with the three-point. We we fall in love with shooting the three no matter what the score is. And, like, there's a point in time where, like, you're up by 10 with two minutes and 34 seconds left. You need to be driving to the hole. If it doesn't work, you might get to the free-throw line. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think is absolutely on Saunders.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I would tend to agree. And, I mean, we are trying to do be a 3-and-D style team, but – I think the problem is we don't have the shooters to do that. Like particularly, okay, maybe Beasley, Delo, they can shoot, right? But who else can shoot on this team? Like honestly, like Nas can hit an occasional three here and there, but Jared Culver can't shoot. Edwards, as we as we've seen, can't really shoot. Um, maybe maybe get the mid range game going, but uh, Wancho hasn't been that great from three. Maybe he'll come around. Obviously, he's been out. We know for sure Rubio can't shoot that hundred percent. Like I cringe every time he shoots the ball. Like like we're we're at that point. So um So here's the deal. Mm-hmm. We are
1: a three and D team, and here's our wings. Anthony Edwards um before today, which I don't think it got any better, is shooting twenty-seven percent from three. Jared Culver is shooting twenty-two percent from three. Rubio is shooting twenty-three percent from three. <laughs> Joshua Ogi is shooting sixteen percent from three. McLaughlin, who's been playing 17 minutes a game when he plays because he's on a on a two-way, he's shooting 25% from Jeez. Three. I mean, you can't be a three-and-D team. You can't be a team that shoots threes and layups when you can't shoot threes. Right. I mean, so this is also a Rosas problem. I mean, these are the guys that you put on this team. These are the guys that you've put a stake in. You know, like a Kogi you didn't draft, but you went out of your way to keep him and nobody else. Um Okoge is is a brilliant defender. He's yep. he's he's really good, but he's equally as bad on offense. He is he has absolutely no worth on offense. If he's not passing up an open three for a drive, um, he's passing up an open layup for a kickout because he's just terrified. To put the shot up towards the rim. Yeah, Um, it's it's just it's hard to watch.
0: It is, it is. So that's why I try to watch other teams and be like, that's this is what happens (laughs) when I watch. Like, so for example, right now uh, in the studio that I'm in, I'm watching. Phoenix and Denver, and I keep seeing all these guys off the bench being like, man, if we just had him, man, if we just had him, man, like, like last night I was watching the, watching the Pelicans and they have three or four guys off the bench that can all shoot. Like if we just had one of those guys, we'd have a much better chance at being successful, but we just don't, we just don't right now. And Man, uh, yeah, like you said, I think some of the heat needs to go on to Rosas as well. Like we've all been saying, we've all been saying time and time again that this is not a finished product. But right. are are we even close to a finished product? Like, that that's the thing, like, so my friends would ask me, they would make fun of, they knew I was a Timberwolves fan, they would be like, oh, oh, you're still supporting that team, blah, 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 they're doing bad this year, last year, and I was like, just wait till next year, because I think Rosas has a plan, I think he's putting something together, and then they come out the first two games, and it's, yeah, okay, they they, they have something together, and then everything just falls apart when Cat goes out. Like, it's easy to say, like, oh, we just need Cat back, but... It's got to be more than that. We, we still don't have good shooters. And as you were saying, th- th- those spots are just r- just ridiculous in some spots. So uh, one guy who's not playing well, and I hate to be negative like all the time on this thing, but it's hard to talk positive with the Timberwolves. But uh, Anthony Edwards, another bad game tonight, only five points. Uh, man, like what... What what do we do? What do we do with Anthony Edwards? Do we just keep letting him shoot and jack up shots and hope that some go in? Or what What do you think is the plan with Anthony Edwards? And let's start with you, Chris.
1: Um, so for the last couple, I even think maybe I've said this on podcasts. If not, I've thought it. Um, he's been, there. there's very few players that I've ever seen in a Timberwolves jersey that can get to the rim as easily as him. I mean, he literally gets to the rim on anybody at will. Um, The problem is, is the first, well, eight games, nine, ten games, he's been finishing, trying to get the foul called, going with his double clutch. I don't know if it's because, you know, he's first time in the NBA, he's not used to seeing guys this big. Um, I don't know if we're beating it into him, that getting to the free throw line is, you know, one of the most important things of our offense or what, but he's trying to get these foul calls, and it's not working. He's not getting any calls, and and truthfully, he's getting fouled a lot of the time, but he's a rookie, and uh, he hasn't earned it yet. So I've been wanting him to just take it hard, Um, and I've been saying he's huge. He's a huge human being, Um, giant vertical, just dunk on people, put every big man on notice, like – that's how you get a name for yourself. That's how you get credit with the refs. That's how you get these bigs to kind of take a step back and not come at you so hard. Dunk on three or four of them. And uh, last game, he did that on, v- on Vucevic. Whatever I can't say his name.
0: Um, Vucevic. He got
1: up. He he got up before uh, he could jump and 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 slammed it on him. And then tonight. He came out, I don't know if you saw that, but the first two drives he took yeah. were huge, massive dunks that he missed. But you know what? The first one he missed off the rim, and it, it should have been a dunk. And I bet you if he would have put that down, it might have been a whole different ball game. But the second one, he was so high, and it made me think, this is what you need to do. Like, do this more. And I don't care that he missed him. I don't care that this guy is taking it to the rim hard and missing all these layups. I don't care that he's missing these step backs and missing these open threes truthfully at all. He's getting the shot whenever he wants. He's getting the defender on his back when he wants. The shots aren't falling. I can can live with shots not falling if you can create a shot for yourself whenever you want. We have no one on this team other than D'Lo that can create his own shot. I would way rather have a guy go 0 for 12, um, getting 12 open shots by his own creation, than a guy like Culver or Okogie passing up on 12 open shots and going 1 for 3 on tip-in little layups at the hoop. Like, that's not that's not going to bring you to the future. If we're looking for a guy who's going to be a future star, I want to see a guy that gets to the rim six times a game and, you know... Gets open off his own dribble moves to get some open jumpers, open threes, even if they're not falling. Twelve games into his NBA career,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, Jared, Jared, do you agree, or or do you want to see? Do you, do you think that you want to see more from uh, uh, Anthony Edwards? What what do you think of Edwards at this
2: point? So, so I have a little bit of a different stance on Edwards. Like like Chris was saying, like he and and we kind of talked about this earlier but he's been hyper inefficient. Like he's a great player that I wouldn't say great but like he's super raw. Like he can go to the hole, he can shoot the ball. Like if you look at at some of the game logs, he's shooting anywhere from 12 to 18 times a game off the bench. And and that's kind of what you want to see out of a rookie. You want to see him get the volume and the usage and see what he is. But if I'm saunders and rosas right now with cat out why can't we start edwards at the three and see if that isn't a more comfortable role for him to be around more talent and move okogi to the bench and i'm a huge okogi guy because i love that he plays defense he doesn't do a whole lot else offensively but but i think that if we can move edwards to the three and put him in a starting role Maybe he just becomes more comfortable and he's around more talent because right now it's off the bench. It's it's Rubio and it's Edwards and Rubio isn't the greatest offensive skill set in the world. Like he can distribute, but outside of that, you know, it's pretty much the Anthony Edwards show off the bench and it isn't working. So why not try and plug him in at the three? Yeah,
0: yeah, no, I'd be great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Particularly now, like, at this point, like, maybe, maybe, like, when we were two and five, maybe you're thinking, okay, maybe we can still make a run at this, and maybe we don't want to mess up chemistry or something, but at this point, what, what are we now, three and ten, is it three and ten, or three and eleven? Like, yeah, throw them in and see what happens, at least, like, Where I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. What do you have to lose at this point besides more games? And who cares? You're going to the lose. Only, go the ahead. only
1: problem is, is right now our set, our like our our bench that we're rolling out there when we go like a five man bench roll is like Rubio, Okogie, Culver, Vanderbilt, and Nas. Um, who's scoring there?
2: <laughs> yeah to t- Tonight, I thought the most offensively skilled player was Edwards and not or not Edwards uh, layman. and i I'm not a layman guy, so I, I totally hear what you're saying,
0: yeah, I think when it comes down to it, we're just not good enough. <laughs> like like as much as you can psychoanalyze stuff, we're just we don't have enough shooters and we don't have enough of firepower off the. I mean, just, just, I mean, I know we didn't have in the last game, but imagine having Danilo Gallinari off the bench like Atlanta had tonight. Like, ima- just imagine having someone of that caliber off the bench to to play with the second unit that can actually score and is like a twenty points points per game scorer. Like, that would be amazing. Or their big man,
1: who's that yeah. big man they just drafted? Like six, I forget. Um, Okongwu.
0: Okongwu? Yeah, yeah, Okongwu, Yeah.
1: He played like the last two minutes because they've got so many bigs, they don't know what to do. That dude was like the sixth pick in the draft was supposed to be one of the most ready, like um, offensive or defensive players, low post players in the draft. Dude's not even getting in the game.
2: Yeah. And you can look at a team like the jazz too, who have like Joe Ingles coming off the bench. You put Joe Ingles on this team. Yeah. It's a great. You know, but it, it it's a completely different thing with this team. Yeah, no, I
0: totally agree. Let's go. Other than Joe Eagle, I want to throw this out there. Who is, and this can be, don't say like, I don't know, like Devin Booker or something like that. But who is one guy that realistically you think the Wolves could go after and and make a run at and 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 improve this team like at the trade deadline. And l- let's start with you, Jared. Who is one guy the Wolves that could go after realistically get? Like again, we're not talking about like James Harden or something like that. Who is one guy the Wolves could go after and say the trade deadline and improve this team?
2: Yeah. So so I I'm going to list out a player and I'll leave the one for Chris because I know we've had a talking point, but before this that didn't get recorded. Uh, and I thought it was super good, but uh, the the player that I would be willing to target is like a Larry Nance because he fits he fits the mold. Like he can pass the ball, he can shoot the ball on occasion, but he's not relying on his three point shot. And I feel like that's what the Timberwolves have run into a problem with is they get people that like like Wancho. Like if you if Wancho isn't hitting threes he's worthless to this team yeah Mm -hmm. and that i feel like that's that's a big problem you know if you get a guy like nance that can rebound the ball he can score in the paint he can also shoot threes on occasion but it's not his first go-to thing i think nance is a really good fit on this team the problem is is we are three and eleven and if we are three and 11 what are we willing to mortgage to get a power forward that is sustainable on this team? Mm-hmm. And that's my biggest issue right now. I know a name like PJ Tucker has been thrown around uh, in the community and on the last podcast, but I'm in the sense right now we're three and 11. Like what are we willing to mortgage to get a power forward on a three and 11 team?
0: My, my answer to that is Jared Culver. Cause I am done. Like I know he had 15 points tonight, I don't see any potential in Jared Culver, and uh, to be honest with you, I don't know what it, what another team would see in Jared Culver. Other than hey, he's a young guy, but other than that, like, I can we? I mean, can we label him a bust yet? Maybe we'll talk about that in another show. But uh, let, let's go with you, Chris. Who do you think's one guy that the Wolves could realize realistically make a run at?
1: Well, I love the I love the Larry Nance take. Um, fun fact on him, he's shooting 44% from three this year on four three-pointers a game. So, I mean, the dude is shooting. Um, he's also, I think, like defensive ratings, um, advanced stats are a little bit skewed because they're tricky. And I think Cleveland's like the number one defensive team, so that might be skewed in his favor. But defensively, I think he's like the fourth best player in some defensive ratings. Uh, in the NBA right now, I mean the the guy can play, um, and he fits our perfect mold. But the guy that I want, which is a broken record for me, is Aaron Gordon, um, and we got to see him live live in direct uh, just last game. This guy, this guy is exactly what we need. And the funny thing is, Larry Nance and Aaron Gordon are both players that Rosas has went after already try to get and knowing Rosas well the little we know of him he usually goes back and tries to get those guys again so I think both those guys will be up in conversation soon but I mean Aaron Gordon is the type of guy that is on a contract that gets cheaper and cheaper every year I think right now I don't have the exact numbers but I think he's making 17 million now next year it's 16 and like the year after that it's 15 or something like that it goes down by a mil each year Um, which is huge for a team like us that's tight on the cap. And it also so happens to match up perfectly with Ricky Rubio. But Gordon, Gordon is the guy that, you know, can bang with the big men down low. You know, he's a big, strong guy. He's a guy that can play in the dunker spot. He's a guy that can catch the lobs off the pick and roll. Um, He can hit a spot up three. I think he's his three-point percentage isn't great, but a lot of them are, you know, he's he's playing out of his role in, in um, Orlando, but his spot-up threes are pretty solid. Um, but more importantly, he can switch pick and rolls. He can defend wings. I mean, he literally won the game for the Magic, in my mind. In the second half, they – I mean, we were up by 20 in the first half. In the second half, they switched, and they put Aaron Gordon not only defensively on D'Lo – which completely shut him down. But they put him offensively as their point guard. Um, in the last three games, he's averaging like nine assists a game, For the, including tonight he put up almost a triple-double. Um, he can be a secondary play creator. He's a big, strong kid who can get you nine, eight, nine boards a game. He can get you 15, 16 points a game. He's not going to be a, a volume shooter. Um, he just fits everything we need. And almost more importantly, he isn't what, what, uh, what the Magic need. I mean, they've got Jonathan Isaac right now. They've got him locked up long-term. I'm not going to say his name again. I keep messing it up. Uh, they got the big center. Um, Nikola That's the man. Um, <laughs> they got him locked up long-term. So that's their power forward and center. They're not looking to pay... Gordon, after next year, a big contract. So they're going to try to move him. And what do they need? They just lost their point guard. They need a point guard. I mean, we saw it. Cole Anthony is like, he's raw at the point guard. He's a scorer, but he can't really play point. I mean, there's a reason that you've got your power forward playing point guard um, for, for full halves of the game. Um, we send him Rubio. We send him Culver. Who would want Culver? Good question. I would (laughs) say nobody. But another question is, is who would want Markel Fultz? I would say nobody. Who took him? Orlando. Who's turned Markel Fultz into a really solid NBA player? Orlando. Maybe they're thinking we can do the same thing with Culver. You know, broken jump shot. You know, but he's supposed to be, you know, have all this world of upside. Maybe they see some value in that. We throw him a first-round pick. Maybe we can make something happen. Um, that's the guy I want. That's the guy that I think can, you know, solidify what we're doing. He can play off the ball. He can run. He can grab the rebound and get out and run in transition. Like, that's what Rosas wants. Yeah,
0: that's what Rosas might get. Yeah, and so this is going to be kind of a cop out. But my answer to the question of who should we go get? Anyone who can shoot. Like honestly, anybody who can put the ball in the basket is someone that I want on this team. I don't know specifically who, but I mean the shooting off the bat. I mean, look at three point from three point land tonight. Twenty five percent, nice,
2: good job. <laughs> and like and like you guys were were just saying, like, so I kind of want to break down the Cavaliers because uh, I feel like that's a team that's in sell mode. As uh, you, Drummond wants out and Drummond's probably going to get out because they're only playing him 25 to 28 minutes a game for mm-hmm. and for a guy like Drummond that just that just isn't his mold like he needs to play 35 minutes a game. Drummond's a star in this league and they are in sell mode and they've made it real clear that they are in sell mode. They just beat the Nets who are the twice. favorite in the East. They beat the Nets twice <laughs> in the last and they are probably the favorites in the East, in my opinion. Um, that's a different topic, but um, so if you get into if you get into the Cavaliers, they have Sexton and they have Garland, and they are both super young, but they are also playing forty plus minutes a game, both of them. So if you're looking to move a guy like Rubio, who is also the guy I had mind to move, when we, when we got Rubio. It, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, to be honest, because the contract was big. But if you're looking to trade somebody, he's the guy you trade. Mm-hmm. And I know we're disappointed with Culver, and he maybe he's tied to a deal like that. But I also think that if you move a guy like, like Rubio to a team that needs a point guard like the Magic, who are playing good, and the Cavaliers who are shockingly playing pretty good. That is a guy that you can tie in a contract situation to solidify a backup role. Like like what like when I look at the Cavaliers, they're playing guys like Dante Exum when he's not hurt. Right. Who is Dante you know, I know I know who he is because I'm a basketball nerd. But a lot of people don't know who he is, and he's playing 32 minutes a game off the bench or starting in uh-huh. in situations where Sexton is and Garland are not are not active. So I think that makes sense for the Cavaliers when I talk about Nance is adding a guy like Rubio and maybe packaging Culver to make it work. Same situation as Chris was talking about with. The magic being with just Cole Anthony now because Michael Carter Williams is also hurt, which doesn't help their backup role. And um Cole Anthony's a rookie, he's running the show because you have Marco Foltz all for the year. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, here here's something that, that I was thinking about. So I was watching the Boston game. Um and, and I was watching Jeff Teague um, out there, and um, he was playing pretty well. Like, I was looking at his stats. They're, they're relatively the same as Ricky Rubio this year, and his contract is a lot less. So let me throw this out, and this can be quick, too, if you guys want. Who would you rather have right now, Ricky Rubio on a $17 million deal or Jeff Teague at 32 with a $1.5 million deal? Let's
2: start with you, Jared. It's without a question, it's Jeff Teague, just because of the money. I'm not a Jeff Teague guy. Uh, he dribbles too much, um, but he's... At the end of the day, he's still, he's still decently efficient, but he dribbles way too much on the perimeter. Like, if you ever watch a game where Jeff Teague is playing point guard and he's the starting point guard, that shot clock's hitting 14 before the ball gets moved. Like, Jeff Teague dribbles way too much. But I'd still take him over... Rubio right now, just based on the money.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing I will do, I will say, is Jeff Teague is kind of score-oriented, and, like, Rubio can't score. (laughs) So we need someone off the bench who can score. And I think I know what what you're going to say about this, Chris, but who would you rather have, Rubio or Teague right now?
1: Well, I'll put my GM hat on a little bit here, but um, before I do that, I'm going to let you know that Jeff Teague this year Is his effective field goal percentage is 39% for a score for his point guard, Rubio's is 42%. Okay, just want to put that up there. Um, So Teague's going for two rebounds, two assists, and seven points on about 20 minutes. Rubio's playing 24 minutes. He's going for three rebounds, five assists, and six points. So yeah, like you said, pretty similar. Rubio obviously more assists, but so I mean it comes down to money. So if we had, let's say we had a $2 million Jeff Teague instead of a $17 million um, Ricky Rubio, and we're trying to do one of those last two trades we're talking about. How do you get a $17 million um, Aaron Gordon when you don't have a $17 million person to trade? I'll help you out with that. You don't. And that's the exact reason I think we got Ricky Rubio. That's why we traded James Johnson for another year of a $17 million contract because his contract is worth more than his playability. We need, if we're going to shoot for stars, if we're going to look for a star to get, you have to match salary. That's the only way you can do NBA trades unless you're under the cap. And with our two guys maxed out, that's never going to happen. So we need that $17 million cap, um, cap piece. We need it. Unless you're going to put three you know six million dollar guys together and then you know that you're sending three guys out they're gonna have to send three guys it just doesn't work so i mean i would take a 17 million dollar you know bag of flour over (laughs) jeff teague for two million dollars because that 17 million dollar added to a rookie that might have value in a first round pick can get you a 17 18 19 million dollar player uh Jeff Teague added to a rookie and a first-round pick. Literally can't get you more than like a six million-dollar player just by the rules of that of uh, of the NBA.
2: Okay, yeah, that's a great. Yeah, go ahead. And that's, why, that, that's why that's why Chris is is so good on the show is because like I love to ramble and talk about what I think can happen and what can happen, but Chris is really good at matching salaries and what can actually make stuff work in a future trade.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I saw you posted. I put up a poll and I saw you answer it. So, yeah, I kind of wanted to get your your reasoning behind that. And after hearing it, yeah, I think that sounds pretty sound. But uh, so moving forward, obviously, I mean, I don't think there's any way Jeff Teague sniffs a Minnesota uniform. I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. I don't think it's in the cards. But uh, one guy that played pretty well against Orlando, Uh, was Jaden McDaniels, who I I think if there's one good thing to come out of that was that seeing Jaden McDaniels uh, hit some threes and play pretty well. And let's start with you, Chris. What did you think of Jaden McDaniels' play uh, tonight and then also against the Magic?
1: So I've been a fan. Of, so I would okay. I'll, I'll straighten this out. I was not a. Fa- I was not a super high fan of him in the draft. I liked him. He seemed to have crazy upside, but he also seemed to be. Um, I mean, as much as I could watch of him, have almost zero basketball IQ. Um, I think in college he had like three turnovers to every assist or something like that. Just, just a, a looked like a greedy me first type basketball player. Um so I was I was down on him in the draft. But ever since I started watching this guy play for us, and, oh and he was always just an offensive player. That's all he was in college people said. That dude is great. Like he he looks like a a power or a small forward. I won't say power forward. I think he's a better small forward right now. He can guard Anyone on the, anyone on the court, he was uh matched up on Trey young today. They got him on a switch and Trey gave him everything in his bag and it didn't even phase him. It, it didn't even phase him. And he almost blocked a shot. and ended up forcing him into a miss. Um, the kid is fluid. He, like I said, he's, he's long. He can defend one through eh, four and a half. Maybe he's so skinny. He really can't bang. But I mean, He's blocking shots. He's blocking bigs. He blocked Capella today um, when Capella ran, uh, drove right past Culver. It looked like an easy dunk. Um, he comes over, blocks that shot. He looks like he should be the backup small forward. Um, well, I guess with our power forward issue, he should probably be the backup power forward. But maybe if we ever get one, <laughs> I would like to see him as our backup or day. I mean, in a perfect world, you know, two years from now, Edwards and McDaniels are going to be, if not both starting, they're both going to be playing major minutes at the, at the, you know, one at the, at the three and one at the four.
2: Chris, would you, uh, would you be okay with, uh, McDaniels playing a backup to Okogie for defensive purposes?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would, I would, uh, that's what I was thinking. He'd be a great backup, uh, small forward right now. um, I mean, it. Our roles are so. I mean, I don't really care who starts or backs up. I mean, I would think I would. You would need McDaniel's in there more than a Kogi on the second unit just because he can provide some offense. Um, a Kogi's, like I said, is pretty worthless that way. So if you could have like a Nas Reed, um, I don't know who the the four would be. Uh, who, by the way, Nas was the last couple games, is still one of the most impressive players on the team. I'm I'm a huge Nas guy. I think in three years that guy's going to be a high-quality starting player, and he's on probably the best contract in the NBA. But, yeah, I would love to see him out there playing with the second unit 25 minutes a game, Um, let let him earn his keep as much as uh, Edwards. He was just as high of a recruit coming out of high school. The kid's a stud.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, What do you, what do, and uh, let's go to you, uh, Jared. What's your thoughts on uh, uh, Jaden McDaniels and his play in the past two games, and so far in the season as
2: well? Yeah, so I haven't saw I haven't saw a ton of him. I know tonight was not a really good example. He was two for nine from the field and zero for two from three. But the game before, I think he had like twelve and eight and was two for four from three, and that's kind of something. that's kind of something you want to see off the bench, you know. Like, like, like I just asked Chris. Like, if, if you were gonna sub out Okogie, say, assuming Okogie is gonna be our starting three, if you want to sub him out and put McDaniel's here, who also plays pretty hard. You know, you guys know that I'm a Vanderbilt guy because I love guys that play hard, and and I feel like he has. But I feel like McDaniel's, even though he plays a very similar a uh, similar role is is in the same boat like the guy plays hard he can shoot threes he can play defense that and, and that's kind of the some of the stuff that i'm looking for when when i look at this team right now like without cat this team is totally different to me like with with cat this team is completely different w- with cat playing i want okogi at the three i want a guy that plays defense without Cat I want a guy that that plays hard like like Beasley we talked about it earlier Beasley played hard tonight mm-hmm. super hard in the first 3 quarters almost too hard but that's what I want to see like this team is 3 and 11 like we can't pretend that this team is any better than 3 and 11 they're 3 and 11 it is what it is they're 3 and 1 with Cat so when this team gets Cat back which I presume will be next week he was out with covid and uh so Rubio played tonight and Rubio and Wancho were out with COVID at the same time. Uh, Wancho didn't play tonight, but Rubio did. So, so the COVID protocols are, are kind of in the same boat, but next week cat should be playing. I, I seem like midweek, like Wednesday or Thursday, if they play Wednesday or Thursday, cat should be back. But this team is totally different with that guy in there. Like, so, when I when I was looking at some stats tonight so we are we're 19th in the league defensively against a three point position so so three pointers were 19th in the league points in the paint we are 29th 53 points in the paint allowed per game and capella has absolutely excelled in the last two games against us he has absolutely owned us capella had a three point or uh uh point rebound and triple double against us to and triple double against us tonight which was insane. So we we get owned in the paint when Cat's not there. So that that's my biggest take is we need Cat back. And Cat's not a superior defender, but when you when you talk about defense and you kind of look at the sigmetrics about it like without Cat we're going to lose by 20 points a game like Chris said earlier. Like we're we're just going to lose.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, when it really just comes down to it, we, we just, we, we need our leader. We need our alpha male back. And you'd like to think that uh, D'Lo can be more of an alpha male when he's out there, considering he's being paid like one. I mean, he's being paid a max contract and don't get me wrong. I love watching D'Angelo Russell play, but it's, he's just not cutting it right now. He's, I mean, he had nine points tonight. Yes. I know that it was a blowout, Obviously, but 19 points before that, but only four in the second half. So, yeah, you just it's disappoint. A lot of things are disappointing about this team. So let's let's kind of take it in another direction, kind of something new that we're doing here. Uh, Let's talk a little fantasy basketball for you guys who uh, play fantasy basketball. I haven't in a long time, but I would like to get back into it. And uh, Jared is a little bit of a. he, he writes for actually I'll let you explain it who do you who do you write for and what's kind of your background with fantasy basketball
2: yeah so I write for goingfor 2com that's that's kind of my uh my staple of what I do I do a lot of podcast stuff for them which is kind of why I got invited on this show is because you guys knew that I did I did podcast you know I'm a Wolves Wolves so so I write for goingfor 2com um great great information out there we put out a nba uh fantasy spreadsheet every single day so if you know you can look at it and you can know who to start and who to sit and uh yeah i do a lot of daily fantasy stuff with uh draft and FanDuel as well so um yeah you know i write articles for them uh daily on wednesday if you guys are interested in checking that out you can check out the going for uh you can also follow me on twitter at the yeti express um that's that's my handle for twitter and uh yeah i do a lot of fantasy stuff so um but talking about fantasy is something that I've, I've loved to do for as long as i've pretty much been alive i started playing fantasy football when i was seven years old so so i'm a big fantasy guru yeah absolutely yeah uh
0: so uh so I guess kind of kind of talking about it. Who 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 are you looking at? Let's say the next week that, that you think some people should maybe pick up in their leagues or play or or what? What are you looking at fantasy wise?
2: So in Wolves particular, uh, I think I think J Mac um, can be an add if we move Rubio um, just solely on the fact that he's going to play twenty to twenty five minutes um, and he's probably available on on most rosters. Uh, it's not somebody that I've asked, that I've added yet, but in, in deeper leagues you can absolutely add J Mac. Uh, other Timberwolves players that might be available you could look at a guy like Jared Vanderbilt who's now playing to over 25 minutes a game, um, and I think his role might be secure at the power forward position even when Cat comes back. Uh, that's that's a guy that I am super high on right now. Other guys that I like. Um, you know the the Knicks are so hard with Tibbs, and and we we know we know with Tibbs that Tibbs runs his starters into the ground. But if you're looking deeper, uh, a guy like Emmanuel Quickly, who is a rookie who has played very well in the minutes that he's uh, received this year, that's a guy that I've liked for a young a younger player who has a kind of excelled in his role. Uh, if you're looking at waiver wires. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot other than I really like a guy like Bo dog, Bo I can't you'll, get you'll get Bog, it. You'll get it. from the, uh, the jazz have been available in many of my leagues. And that's the guy that I've picked up, uh, recently. Uh, he shoots the three. Well, he plays, you know, 32, uh, minutes a game. You know, he's, he's out there on the floor, uh, people, people forget, like, like people get lost in, in the jazz, like the jazz are a team that plays their starters quite a bit, but guys like Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles a guy I mentioned earlier is coming back from injury. So you can see Bogdanovich, uh, start and play, you know, 30 plus minutes a game shoots the three. Well, uh, gets rebounds. That's the guy that I've added in most of my leagues recently. Okay, awesome yeah and
0: we'll uh, we'll come back to you uh, throughout the, the different podcasts for different tidbits and yeah like like you said I don't I don't really know fantasy as well as other guys, so it's great to have someone who knows it pretty well and can uh, give some advice to our listeners so uh, we'll take a look at, at the week uh, coming up uh, for the timberwolves uh, so we got the Pelicans tomorrow so Saturday. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I want to say we'll be competitive in that one, but who knows? Uh, then Could we got. Can you imagine
1: what's going to happen in the post with with Adams and Zion?
2: Yeah, just
1: be, just beating up on our baby post players.
2: <laughs> that's it's true. Like, you know, fifty three points a game in the post. What do you think Zion's going to do? Probably dominate us.
0: <laughs> now he, here's something interesting. So after that, honestly. I want to say that we have a chance against the Pelicans, but I think we can put that up as a loss, probably. I mean, we don't play well against the Pelicans late lately, anyway. Uh, but, but then so, something that something interesting that um, I that I, I was thinking about. Do you think that, so like we've been saying, Anthony Edwards has been struggling lately, and a lot of people are saying, oh, we should have gone with Wiseman, we should have gone with Lamelo." So we have two against the Warriors coming up on Monday and Wednesday. I got to feel like Anthony Edwards might have something up his sleeve to show people that, hey, you made the right decision drafting me. I I wonder if that's the way he thinks. But, yeah, two gets the Warriors. Of course, we get um, Wiggins back. Or we see Wiggins, who has been playing a lot better, of course. Of course, he leaves us and plays a lot better. But uh, apparently he's been playing good defense. (laughs) Who knew? Um, But... yeah, go ahead.
1: I was just looking at those games coming up and I was I was pu- I pulled up the COVID rules for the NBA. And it says any player who tests positive, even if asymptomatic, will not be allowed to exercise for a minimum of 10 days and then must be monitored in individual workouts for an additional 2 days. So, I believe if I did the math right, after that 12 days, that would bring us to the 26th. So Cat would miss the first Warriors game and maybe be able to play in that second Warriors game. Um, I bet you Edwards, Edwards has got something. He's definitely going to try. I mean, he's going to, I, like you said, I wonder if that's how he thinks I can almost guarantee that's how he thinks. Like Mm -hmm. that kid He's got the confidence, he's got the swagger. He's going to try as hard as he can. If it works, we'll see, but he's definitely going to give a full effort against Wiseman.
2: Yeah. And I know, I, I know that that we've been kind of critical of Saunders lately, but but I'll ask you this, Chris, like if if that's the case and we believe that's the, I think all three of us would agree with that take, why not start Edwards in that game?
1: Um So I think the only reason that we're not starting Edwards is because he had two weeks of training camp and he didn't play, you know, a a full college basketball season. And, you know, we've got enough offense right now as our perceived starters when cats healthy. Um, I think, I think it's time to say, well, Edwards isn't this spark of offense off the bench. Like we hoped him to be, um, Let's give it a shot. I mean, he's the future. I would start him. I would start him if not for any other reason, I would start him just to go up against Wiseman just mm-hmm. so he can have, you know, a big dog moment. Like you got to be in your players in your players back. And one of the greatest things I saw Saunders do today was when Edwards took it hard and didn't get a foul called again, Saunders flipped out and got a technical. And it was good to see because I know that that's been bothering Edwards that he doesn't get any calls when he drives. It was good to see the coach stand up for his player Mm -hmm. and be on his side. Um, I would love to see it. Let's start him. Why not? What
0: what Uh, do we got to lose?
2: Yeah, exactly. I'll I'll say this as a, as a, as a former coach, like if you're not going to defend your players, you might as well not coach like that is a huge thing. Like I've, I've had coaches that have coached me when I played basketball, like, if you ain't going to defend me when something goes wrong, I'm going to lose respect for you. And I've had every single coach that has ever coached me that when something goes wrong, they were there to defend me. And that gave more confidence in me to, like, move on with the rest of the game, even if it was a one-shot free throw. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. One thing that I, I just thought of this right now, so I'm gonna bring it up. The the only good thing with having Saunders right now is that you don't hear um Tom Thibodeau's low pitch scream for the entire game anymore. Right. Like, do 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 you guys remember that? Like when you just heard Tibbs for the entire uh, game just yelling the entire time.
2: You, you, know you know what's crazy about Tibbs is like like the Knicks went from polar opposites. They had Fizdale as a coach who would play everybody twenty minutes a game, and was just like, "Yeah, whatever. I'm going to keep my job." Then he got fired, and Tibbs plays everybody forty minutes a game, which yeah. is the polar opposite of of what's going on in the NBA. But the Knicks are, I think they won tonight. I know they won tonight, but I think they're like eight and eight or yeah, eight it's eight it's
0: working. Yeah, uh, time. I I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, if the season ending tonight, if uh they were in the playoffs, let me let me take a look. Uh oh, I think they are,
1: but yeah, they're the, they're that,
0: they're the seed. Yeah, they're they're the A seed, and look at who's a number nine, Zach Levine and the Bulls. Man, it's hard <laughs> it's hard to see Zach Levine playing well, isn't it?
1: I mean, yeah, what could have been
0: right? Yeah, exactly. So I I think that that's all the time we have uh for this week. Uh hopefully the Wolves, I don't know. Hopefully Towns comes back and hopefully uh I guess that's the one thing to look forward to uh this week. Like like I said, I don't think we're gonna beat New Orleans. But look Wiseman versus Edwards. I and one of the game is on primetime. So Wednesday nights.
1: Which, which one is that? Is that the twenty seventh?
0: That's the uh yes, that's the twenty seventh. That's the Wednesday night uh game, I believe. Yeah, the Wednesday yep. night game.
1: What well, yep. might be the game that cat can come back? And, yeah, and a and an interesting thing, fun fact: D'Angelo Russell and Cat have never played three games together in a row.
2: <laughs> wow one one uh, one thing I'll add to that is is James or James Wiseman, uh, his biggest downfall has been foul trouble. If Cat can play, Wiseman might not be a non-factor in that game. Yeah. He's a
1: non-factor anyways. He's not really doing that much. I mean, he catches some some rolls from Curry when he gives him some wide-open rolls. He gets a couple wide-open threes, but he's been a non-factor on defense. They're subbing him out. They they close the game with him not on the court. I mean, all the Wolves fans that are champion Wiseman are just following the national media and they're not watching the games. He's He might be great. I mean, he's a huge prospect. He's a monster player with all the athletic ability, but he's not doing really anything right now.
2: And, and a team like the Warriors that literally doesn't have a center besides him, he's playing 20 to 25 minutes. If he gets in foul trouble, he's playing 10 to 15 minutes, which mm-hmm. is a big difference, you know, when you're talking about a young guy.
0: Yeah, uh, looking at his stats right now uh, 11 points per game looking like 6 rebounds for a big for their big center that's not great and uh minutes per game about 21 so yeah not necessarily yeah. what you want out of what was he was he two did no he went three he went two or no, he three was two. he was he two? two okay so yeah yeah so this week uh also I should mention uh I just saw this and uh, the uh, Nuggets game technically two primetime games in a row because the Monday night game is on NBA TV so, hey. yeah, so I, I personally don't have NBA TV, so I'll be watching on FSN. But, yeah, so, hey, it better no, turn this thing around on on uh, primetime network TV. I mean, why not? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so that is to, the, tonight's episode. Thanks so much for listening. And make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And this has been the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast.